Welcome to the Yoga Connection with Zorananda. The Yoga Connection is a deep dive into everything yoga. Follow along with Zorananda and his guests as they discuss yoga history, spirituality, different practices, and the many misconceptions that have followed along throughout the years of yogic tradition. Hello and welcome to the Yoga Connection. My name is Zorananda. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm solo in this episode today. I'm going into the fourth Pranavayu, the Vyan Vayu. Um, this winter has been a bit challenging for me. I've been sick almost every single month, so I've been doing my best to stay on track with releasing episodes um, somewhat weekly, but you know, when I'm getting chest congestion and not really feeling too well, it's kind of hard to sit down and have the energy and the motivation to record without coughing into the mic and stuff like that. So I'm finally feeling better and I'm um, going to get into this episode, which will be a little bit different than uh, the past Bayou ones, and we'll see um, in a moment here. So I'll get right into the script and right into the information, because uh, this one is going to be much more term heavy, specifically um, Sanskrit term heavy, um, but uh, bear with me and we'll get through this and you'll learn a lot of cool information about this uh, particular Vayu. So it's easy to talk about the values in a general way, and that's largely what you'll find on the internet. Luckily, with a little bit of effort, you can find genuine text on the internet that mention or discuss the Pranavayus. So in the last three episodes, I made connections to the values in a scientific way by finding articles and studies that make at least some kind of correlation between what yogis have said in the past about the attributes of the values with what modern science has discovered about the human body and mind. This time, I want to do something a bit different. I have scoured the internet to find original sources of where the pranavayus are mentioned. I managed to find three texts that are either that either mention the pranavayus or describe each one. I think it's important for me as a conveyor of this information to indicate where exactly I'm getting this information from. And as a yogi, it's my responsibility to uphold the scholars and yogis of the past, specifically from India, as the authority on accurately ex- explaining and translated yogic knowledge. And what I have found as authentic sources are the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, Giranda Samhita, and this one's a little bit of a mouthful. Tirumantiram. And so these are three traditional texts um, that span throughout time. And each text is a bit different. Um, <clears throat> the Hatha Yoga Pradipika and the Garanda Samhita are, are Bihar books that come from the Shivananda Foundation. And they are complete guides on all the practices within Hatha Yoga. 
and the Hatha Yoga Pradipika is very extensive. And from what I've gathered, um, is that the Giranda Samhita is a sort of response to the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, where the author Swami, again, another mouthful of a name, uh, Niranjananda Saraswati adds variations to some techniques and expresses the nature of Samadhi in his understanding. The Tudamantiram is a collection of poems by Tudamular, and I have uh, Wikipedia here just as a source um, that explains uh, the Tudamantiram as a, quote, Tamil poetic work written either in the 6th century CE or post-10th century CE by Tidamular. It is the 10th of the 12 volumes of the Tidamurai, the key text of Shaiva Siddhanta, and the first known Tamil work to use the term. The Tidamatidam is the earliest known exposition of the Shaiva Gamas in Tamil. It consists of over 3,000 verses dealing with various aspects of spirituality, ethics, and praise of Shiva. But it is more spiritual than religious, and one can see the difference between Vedanta and Siddhanta from Tirumular's interpretation of the Mahavakyas. Um, so with that said, what I found is that the Hatha Yoga Pradipika explains the Pranavayus in detail. However, the Gedanda Samhita only mentions the Vayus when explaining the effects of different Pranayamas. Likewise, with the Tidamatidam, only mentions the Vayus in a poem, however, states that there are 10 Vayus. And I managed to find a pretty cool website that explains what the other five Pranavayus are. And, um, so from this website called uh, Babaji's Kriya Yoga, um, uh, the author states, in addition to these five pancha prana, uh, there are five supporting upa pranas, which manifest as physiological functions of nerves and automatic responses such as belching, blinking, and allows for vision, sneezing and coughing, yawning and sleeping, producing phlegm and decomposition after death. And as always, I'll have links to all the articles that I find in the description of this episode. Um, so looping back uh, for a second to what I said earlier, the internet can have some very basic information about the pranavayus. There are dozens and dozens of yoga websites that reiterate themselves over and over again. So I'm just going to take a drink of water. Give me a sec. So I feel that it's my duty to do one better and dig into as much as I can to explain what the values are in a way that you won't necessarily find on those typical yoga websites. <clears throat> so with that said, um, those are the sources that I'll be using uh, from those three texts. Um, so let's get into the Beyond Bayou. Um, the translation website, Tamil Cube, defines Vyana as, quote, that which is diffused throughout the whole body or the prana that holds 
prana and apana together and produces circulation in the body. Another way it was explained to me uh, by my teacher, Yogrishi Vishwaketu, is that Vyana is the expansive force that allows for pranic flow to reach outwards. So it seems there are two predominant actions that Vyana makes. One, circulating and holding upon a pran together, and a rebound outward. So we're just going to focus on uh, the circulating part for right now. In the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, there's a small section that describes the Vayus. Uh, nonetheless, it's a suitable reference and it's something closest to the traditional way to understand the Vayus. So I have the book here and I'm just going to read directly from it um, just to get a good idea of what, um, you know, these traditional works say about the Pranavayus. So, uh, there are five main vayu functions known as apana prana, samana, udana, and vyana. They are the different processes and manifestations of the one vayu, just as the various limbs of a man compromise, comprise the one body. Pranic absorption takes place on a major scale in the thoracic region and is the function of pranavayu. Elimination takes place largely through the urinary ex excretory and reproductive organs and is powered by apana. In between apana and prana in the stomach region is the area of assimilation, which is the function of samana. Movement in the throat and facial expressions are due to udan. Circulation is powered by viana, which pervades the whole body. Um, so it seems they're all agreeing on one one thing, especially with Viana, that circulation is powered by Viana. And so the next kind of sections just reiterate um, the functions. And um, the interesting thing here um, is in the Samana podcast that I did, uh, Samana Bayou, I talked a lot about Wim Hof and, um, it kind of resurfaces as a good example here as well. So the Wim Hof study that talked about, um, that I talked about in the Samana Bayou episodes can apply here as well. And what can be indicated is that Saman and Vyan Bayous are at play here together. The breath work is Stimulating Saman, which in effect causes the pranic flow tied to blood circulation, produces an increase in temperature that prevents the cold air um, to influence the body's core temperature. So it seems that Vyan Vayu is more of a supportive Vayu in this case. And um, in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, it says it here as well that. Um, from the Maitri Upanishads um, says Samana is the higher form of Vyana and between them is the production of Udan that brings up or carries down what is being drunk or eaten is uh, Udana so 
However, uh, Vion plays an important role regarding movement of the body as well. So the information I found about the pranavayus and the chudamadiram comes from um, this website and uh, specifically just says um, Vyanavayu pervades the whole body and is the power of movement. Vyana governs the relaxation and contraction of all muscles, voluntary and involuntary, as well as the movement of the joints and structures around them in the physical body. So it seems like as a system, the values are not only um, you know connecting into your pranic body and your energetic system, but um, they're connecting into your physiology as well, and that why doing an asana practice is just as important as having a breathwork practice or a meditation practice is that when you're doing the asana practice and you're doing the movements, you're going to be affecting the pranavayus in particular ways. So say in this case with, with Vyan Vayu, um, because it's working with circulation that the asana practice and the movement and particularly vigorous movement is going to have an effect not only on the circulation system, but on the muscles and the tendons and, and everything. And that's obvious, right? It's just like, if you're working out, if you're overweight and you've been sedentary, your almost your entire life, your muscles and your body are going to be in a weakened state in a lethargic state and introducing working out is going to change how your body functions. So it's going to change how your circulation works. It's going to change how your muscles work and you're going to see a transformation take place. So makes sense considering our muscles wouldn't be able to move without constant blood flow, right? So the Giranda Samhita, meaning Giranda's collection, is a dialogue between Gerand and Chanda. So these are two people. So the Garanda is a person. And the source where I found information on the values is from a commentary by Swami Nirajanananda Saraswati. So that's the Bihar book. I found one line that mentions beyond Vayu, namely the inner energy or the body temperature is related to Vyan. So that's a really interesting thing because you got to remember that these books are really old, right? So um, to think that these swamis and uh, like Garand and Chanda, um, <clears throat> they're having these conversations and particularly they're indicating that in this case, the Vyan Bayou has to do with body temperature. And so I made a little interesting connection here. So the interesting point is that the Giranda Samhita was written in the 17th century, so it was 1600s. However, the knowledge of the Pranavayus is much older than that. Um, it comes from as far back as the Upanishads, which is like um, almost around 
BCE, um, before Common Era. And uh, the Gurandas Samhita also details the importance of Patanjali Sutras and Ashtanga Yoga, uh, which comes from that like older era. So knowledge of Yan Bayu as a mechanism to control circulation has been known for quite a long time. What's fascinating is that the discovery of the circulatory system scientifically happened in 1628 by William Harvey. Um, so in, in two very different parts of the world, one Western, one Eastern, the function of the circulatory uh, system was written about and systematized, mind you, in two very different ways. So out of the two, I'd agree that William Harvey's discovery was much more revealing and precise, scientifically speaking. However, what I can appreciate is the fact that the two different cultures have understandings of the circulatory system in their own right. The yogic method, however, strives to put the circulatory system to use in a way that enables the sensitivity of the nervous system's nature that is out of the norm of typical autonomic functioning. And uh, a perfect example of this, again, is Wim Hof and his study testing his breathing techniques where cold and hot temperatures were withstood and a dead E. E. coli bacteria was neutralized without external interventions. So um, if you haven't, go listen to the Samana podcast that I did. Um, I go into great detail um, about Wim Hof's um, studies that he did. Um, And even so, you can just Google Wim Hof and his... Um, E. coli study and you'll get all the information it's all there you know I'm not doing anything really special with looking this stuff up I'm just googling it and um, there's the NCBI um, scientific studies right at your fingertips just like how I got them so my thought is that the breathing techniques are concentrating prana into Saman Vayu then connecting to beyond Bayou and circulating the blood in a way to maintain a slightly higher core temperature that regulates how the body experiences the extreme temperatures. So let's loop back to the definition for a moment. That which is diffused throughout the whole body. So this is where I think Vishwaji's explanation comes into effect of beyond being expansive. When the practice has enabled awareness of pranic flow, experiencing pranic prana diffused throughout the whole body leads to utilizing beyond Vayu to expand and interact with more expansive koshas like Manamaya and uh, Vigyanamaya kosha. If you haven't yet, please uh, go check out the past episodes on the koshas because those are important as well. So it is within the asana practice, beyond value can be observed and utilized. Um, a posture like Mahavirabhadrasana or Warrior Two, where you're grounding through the feet to stabilize the legs, is apana, engaging uh, the core to stabilize the hips and ribs, is samana, 
lengthening through the spine and holding up the arms straight in a T position, aligned with the legs to stabilize the upper body as prana. Vayu, then the integration of the pranas enables a whole body stability to feel and rebound outwards throughout the pranic body. The posture acts as a medium to help generate the output needed to bring awareness to the nervous system. The combination of posture and regulated breathing, like ujjayi breath, may train the nervous system to become more sensitive to the rebound. Right, So all of that together, and you're holding yourself in warrior two, when you apply each section and you bring your body into you know, near-perfect alignment, then the expression of that posture is going to then enable an experience of Vyana Vayu. So that above example comes from the 200 hunter training I did way back in 2012. Um, and what I think is novel within the contemporary world of yoga is applying the methodology of pranavayus to asana practice. You don't really see that. You know, you can go to any yoga studio and see for yourself. There is an ocean of vinyasa and, and acrobatic yoga. So for a random city like Edmonton, where I'm from, to have a studio that is teaching not only the pranavayus, but a way to experience the vayus is impressive. Mind you, it was in a teacher training 12 years ago, and, you know, sadly, times have changed. Um, I've gone to several classes over even just the last few years, and um, I, I would like to think, and, you know, it's my belief that there's been a downgrade in a lot of the yoga classes, particularly, you know, um, the introduction of or the implementation of yoga philosophy within the classes just doesn't really exist. Um, you have to really find particular teachers to get that kind of knowledge. And um, from what I know as well, the 200-hour teacher trainings have changed over the years to really disclude an in-depth teaching of these kinds of uh, yoga philosophies and, and information. Um, and that it, uh, um, that of itself is a paradox when the texts show that knowledge of the values were pertinent and tied to pranayama practices that yielded insights into the nature of samadhi. But it's all well and good. I think it's quite natural to have a majority in anything representing a general way of its cultural significance. Um, to the Western world as an exercise, and really nothing more is the common sought-out experience, right? That's just what you're going to get um, for the most part. People just want the exercise. They don't really care about the beliefs. They don't care about the philosophies. Um, they don't care about the history. Um, it's just a part of their schedule. You know, they look at their Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, and they have their yoga class scheduled at whatever, 7 a.m., 5 p.m., whatever it works for them personally. Um, but a small percentage of people will look behind the veil of exercise and see an entire world and history of representation. 
Um, and that's really where I come into play here. I want to represent that um, small percentage and to convey this information <coughs> in a way that's digestible and um, it's scientific, but it's also true to the um, historical content context and the tradition of, of what yoga is, right? So a little bit of a rant there, but uh, suffice it to say, I want to do my best to relay what I found as yogic knowledge along the path of my journey. So among the yogis in the ocean of modern yoga, becomes my duty to find obscure concepts and bring them to the light of modern thinking. Um, you know, uh, to get to the point of finishing the episode here, um, the Yoranda Samhita has a fairly detailed description of the values that I recently found while looking through all this again. Um, contrary to what I've said earlier, <laughs> um, but in the um, Giranda Samhita, the values are named a little bit different, um, but you can derive the name from it. So, and, and this is what I, I really like about, um, finding these books, um, uh, because they're going to give you, um, something that is seemingly new, but, it has been there the whole time, right? So just like I said earlier, you know, you just if you just go on the on Google and you look up Pranavayus, you're gonna get all these different blogs. And when you look through them, they all say the same thing. Um, and so for me, that's not good enough. I I wanna be able to get an appreciation for this knowledge that um is going to inform me on that traditional historical context. Um, so, for example, in the Garanda Samhita, the prana values are explained in this way, and I'm going to do my best to say these words again. This is, you know, like Hindi or Sanskrit words. Um, and they have a, a um, translation of them. So when you hear the word, it seems like, an exotic thing, but um, the definitions and the um, descriptions are very actually precise. So um, the first one is Hridi Pranu Vahini Tiam, which just means the location of the first of the Pancha virus known, Pancha uh, Pranas known as Prana is in the heart region. Number two, Apanogu Damandale. Apana is located in the anal region. Three. Samana Bidideshtu. Uh, Samana is in the navel region. <laughs> okay. This one's a big one, so just bear with me. Uh, Udana Kan Tamad Yata. Udan is located in the throat region. However, the throat region here actually means the extremities of the body, including the whole of the head from the throat to Brahma Randra and the limbs. So, uh, and the fifth one, uh, Vanu Vyapya 
Shariviana um, exists in the whole body. So it's pretty, it's pretty intense. <laughs> Sanskrit, I find, um, is, is really interesting. And, um, but what I like is that, um, even the word, even though the word is like quite a mouthful, um, the actual definition is like very precise, right? Um, uh, the thing that I realized about doing this episode is I actually and technically should be reduce re re uh, releasing Udon Vayu before this one, but I started writing all this out before that thought occurred, um, and here we are. So Udon will be a mystery until <laughs> the next episode. Um, so what? stood out from the other five values or um, the other three values in this case <coughs> is um, in beyond Bayou, there's a sub value called Dhyana Jaya, um, which has to do with death. So, uh, Jaya Vayu remains present even after death while some inherent internal heat remains. Um, so, it seems the Jaya is a kind of a portal that functions with the autonomic system, though trivial. Um, the Garanda Surita, uh, Samhita shares an analogy of sneezing as the tradition of blessing. Um, and so they have an example here. It says, uh, in some countries it is believed and also mentioned in their text that when a person sneezes, the soul momentarily leaves the body and a devil enters. When someone sneezes, if another person is present, they will say, bless you. In India, when children sneeze, they say, Shatam Jiva, live for a hundred years. It is a tradition. It is difficult to say what secrets lie behind these customs. Maybe these beliefs come from a sense that at the very moment when Pranavayu is leaving the body, a constructive thought must be put in. If this idea is correct, it shows a folk knowledge that this activity is linked with Prana. So um, my thought is that if any insight can be obtained from this analogy is that beyond Vayu and its sub-Vayu, Jaya mediate between pranic flow of the Vayus that are expelled outward to rebound inward for a void to be filled. And the Tamil Kyub, um definition brings up an interesting, or sorry, Tamil Kyub brings up an interesting definition that Jnanajaya is a nickname for Arjuna from the Bhagavad Gita. That it is the vital air that fills the body and causes it to grow fat. In the case of Arjuna, what grows fat is his wealth, because his name meaning who attains great wealth by conquest. Jnan meaning wealth, and Jaya meaning to conquer or victory. Um... So does the story of Arjuna represent allegory that there's some kind of wealth within death? Um, 
that we'll look at a little bit later when I get into the Shtanga Yoga series. But uh, what I want to end here is that um, we can't help but be expressive and um, exertive with our energy. And in our modern world of education and schooling, we're not really at all taught in any way um, the importance of balancing between how expressive we are and how much energy we're putting out and how much energy we are containing within ourselves and kind of like guarding. And so what I see the benefit in learning about the pranavayus is that we're looking at these natural functions of pranic flow and how it moves throughout our body and how it moves throughout the pranamaya kosha and how it starts to manifest um, in ways of um, something that's exerted and something that's um, kept within. And so um, the wisdom that I find in understanding Vyana Bayu and everything that I've, I've talked about here today, um, which more so leads towards just kind of like examples. And, um, and so, um, the, the wisdom in this is the yoga practice is going to bring awareness to the kind of autonomic urge or the kind of automatic, um, exertion of energy that is a part of our personality or part of our behavior and we just don't really know what consequences there are going to be out of that um, and so with the example of like the sneezing and saying it bless you is that um, there are these kind of responses to our environment that cause us to um, expel energies and that culturally we have something to um, not let that energy to be released and then avoid to be created so that um, you know inadvertently something negative can be filled in that space and um, as trivial as it seems there's a subtly subtlety to how all this works and why it's important to be keen within your mind to really observe how much you're exerting and why you want to be on reserve in some cases, right? When it comes to hanging out with your friends and you're shooting the shit and you're laughing and um, generally everyone's having a good time, that's all well and good, right? Um, and where I would say like it can get subtle and it can get tricky is um, when that playful energy turns into um, a kind of name calling, a kind of shitting on each other, and it just becomes foul and that the energy that's coming out of you is no longer a, a playfulness that everyone can enjoy. It's really self-centered around only you enjoying it while the people around you are... Um, being negatively affected by it if there's like name calling or whatever right um, and then 
going into just like generally in society with your coworkers or acquaintances, um, that these yoga practices and these philosophies can help in really understanding if there's a default manipulation that is going on that you might not even know about it, that you are always angling towards trying to get something from someone. If it's women or if it's from coworkers or if it's from clients that, um, there's always this like kind of subconscious angle to get as much as you can out of the people around you that, um, applying wisdom of the beyond value, um, of this like circulation of energy that, um, if you aren't substantial in having an abundance of, of pranic energy within yourself and that you're doing things that kind of like leech energy from your system and you are constantly in this like state of a void that you feel empty inside and that you're going to reach out to the others around you and to the world around you to try to pull energy in to fill this void and at many times at a great cost right if it's like you're stealing from your grandparents or your parents or um from work and um, this is really interesting because this is how um, the next topic that I get into, Ashtanga Yoga, um, when we get into the Yamas and Niyamas, there's one Yama um, particularly called Ashtaya, which is non-theft. And that's not just to say physical theft of property and things it, it can be theft of time it can be theft of energy um it can be theft of thoughts and ideas and in this case with viana um bayou there is an application of awareness of the circulation of energy and that if your circulation of energy is weak and it's affecting you psychologically and you are a narcissistic person and you're manipulative, then um, there's going to be this like seeking outwards to benefit out of other people's energies for yourself. And again, like this gets pretty subtle. And um, like I say at the end of each one of my videos, take all this with a grain of salt, um, go through the websites, read other people's perspectives, then <coughs> find the books, read the books, um, from the original sources, right? So you can go as far back as the Upanishads, which goes back thousands of years. Um, you can go as far back as, um, you know, like the three texts that I, that I mentioned, um, here. And again, I'm going to have links for everything. Um, yeah, I don't want to rant on too much. I try to try to get to that one hour mark, but, um, yeah, I think this one is just going to be a little bit shorter of a, um, of an episode. I'm also 
almost losing my voice here, but um, I hope you got a good understanding of Beyond the Bayou um, in the context of not particularly the scientific route, but the kind of more traditional um, historical route. And um, we're leading into the last value, Mudan value. <coughs> I kind of wish I did <laughs> do that one because um, I think I would have been able to find a little bit more information to wrap everything up, but that's okay. It is what it is. And um, yeah, with that, I think I'll leave it there. Um, feel free to follow me on Instagram, Yogi Zornanda, um, and send me messages, send me questions. Would love to, um, hear what you think, um, hear what you think about the podcast. Um, you can find the podcast on Instagram as well. It's just called yoga connection and looking forward to getting into more concepts. Like I said, um, after the, um, values, I'm going to go into, um, a whole new series on Ashtanga yoga. Um, I have that already planned out and, uh, kind of mapped out and that one's going to be fairly extensive. There's a lot to go into. Um, Ashtanga yoga just essentially means eight limb path. Um, and so there's eight main parts um the yamas and yamas each have five parts so right then and there just with the yamas and yamas there's 10 episodes um and then um then there's uh six episodes on the other limbs um and yeah i'm having a lot of fun doing this um again uh i had a pretty intense winter of pretty much getting sick every month um so with the spring coming around i'm really hoping um that i can stay healthy and um so i can provide you guys with these episodes and we can dive into this material i do have some guests that uh i'm gonna have kind of peppered through all of this um so that i'm not just doing solo episodes every time by myself and um with that thank you again for listening thank you for sticking around thank you for learning about all this cool yoga stuff and have a wonderful rest of your day enjoy
know. 